I don't really have a title of my message for my message this year, but or this, this service. But I want to say this. I've been, you know, every year from about the last week of December through into the first week of January, I will usually spend time, just extra time. You know, I always spend time with the Lord, but extra time just finding out what the direction of the Lord is for me and for my family. And then not only that, but for, what, you know, Lord, what do you want me to say to the church? The people that I get to minister to, what do you want me to tell them? And, and I, I really believe that 2023 is going to be the year of the harvest. I really believe, you know, some of you have been standing in faith. You've been fighting the good fight of faith. You've been swinging your sword. You've been, you've been believing God. You've got your confession right. You have been, you have been standing in the face of, of, you know, of, of, of people coming against you, speaking against you, of the enemy battling you and, and beating on you. And you're just like, Lord, I, when? When, Lord? And you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I mean, you get battle weary. How many of y'all have ever been battle weary? Man, you get everybody in here pretty much. You, get, you just get battle weary. You know? Yeah. But I'm telling you, I really believe, I believe we are in a time right now that we are going to see some of the most amazing moves of God that you have ever seen in your life. And you are going to be able to be a part of it. You know, I, I, I got, I got uh, turned on to the Lord in 1993. And that was when they were having revivals of, of you know, just pockets of revival. Brownsville, y'all, for those of you who are in, remember Brownsville. Uh, we had Toronto. And those things were going on. And I can remember being in meetings. I can remember being in a meeting where you'd sit down. We, you know, we'd maybe put the kids in the nursery or not take the kids with us, get a babysitter. You'd sit down at 10 minutes to 7 for an evening meeting. And these meetings would go on for weeks, every night for weeks. You'd sit down at 10 till 7 for a meeting, and it'd be 11 o'clock, and they'd be closing the service down, and you'd look at your watch. That was before cell phone. You'd look at your watch, and you'd say, what happened to the last four hours? Those days are coming back, y'all. I'm telling you, those days are coming back. They did a baptism service. This was in Minnesota, and we were in Minnesota, living in Minnesota. They had a whole bunch of people got born again and got baptized in the Holy Ghost on fire for God. I mean, they, they, they do, the place probably held, that we were in for these revival meetings, place probably held 800 people or so, and they'd nearly fill it up. And they'd do an altar call for people to get prayed for, and the whole, everybody would get up. And, and what they do is they'd line them up around, they'd line them up around the whole room. It was a big gymnasium type room. And so they'd line them up on the outside walls, facing the outside walls. And they would go by, and the, the minister, his name was uh, Basil Howard Brown. If any, you, you probably know Rodney Howard Brown. You've heard of him. Well, that's his brother, is Basil. So he was holding these meetings. And he would start at, at one end, and he'd just go like this. He'd just touch his hand to their forehead, and they would hit the ground like cordwood. Now, here's the thing. He got to my wife and I, 
And, you know, we were kind of new to this. We were pro this was probably back in 1995. It had only been a couple years, year and a half, that, you know, we were really pressing into the Lord. And my wife, you don't, if you ever try to push my wife down, she's going to push back. <laughs> right? I mean, if my wife goes down under the power of God, you know it was the power of God. I mean, just, that's just the way it is. And so he's coming around, you know, touching people on their forehead, and they're falling down. And, I'm, I'm, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, he ain't going to get her. <laughs> he touched her. She went down so fast. She, like a sack of potatoes. She hit the deck on her way down. She was grabbing me, trying to keep herself up. A power of God just hit her, buckled her legs, and she just hit the ground. Usher caught her, laid her down. He touched my forehead. Power of God hit me. I hit the ground. Those days are coming back, y'all. Those days are coming back. I believe 2023 is going to be the year of the harvest. And you know, I'm, I'm the director of Army operations, and so I'm around pastors. I mean, that's my job, is to fellowship with pastors and talk with pastors and ministers, evangelists and prophets and apostles and teachers. I get to rub, I mean, I got the best job in the world. I get to rub shoulders with these guys and, and call them and build relationships with them. And not only that, you know, I've been in ministry for a really long time, decades, and I've got a lot of friends who maybe aren't, you know, the, the ministers that are out in the front, but they love God and they're connected to God and they, they have a, a really, you know, vital prayer life there. And it, there is this theme. I had people, after I, after I preached this message this morning at the 8 o'clock, 8.30 service, I had so many people come up to me and say, I am sensing that exact thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. There is an excitement in the body of Christ right now. There is an excitement. How many of y'all feel? You just sense there's something in you that says, you know what? Something big is about to happen. I don't know what it is, but something big is about to happen, and I don't want to miss it. Do you want to miss it? I don't want to miss it. There's something. I'm you, can, you can sense it in the spiritual realm that there is this there is this shaking there is this anticipation there is this like this i tell you know i get it not in, just independent i had somebody email me i've written it in my journal about just the excitement that i feel in my heart every time i go to prayer like i'll go just you know doing my normal prayer time and just praying it, I, I spend a lot of time praying in tongues, yeah. praying in the Holy Ghost, right? So I just, I, you know, I just, I get to praying in the Holy Ghost in three or four or five minutes, and suddenly, man, I just, man, I'm running around my office. I'm doing wind sprints in my office. I get so excited, you know, I just, something, I just sense something is about to break forth. And I believe, you know, those of you who have been sitting, believing God for finances, Believe in God for signs and wonders and miracles. Believe in God for loved ones. Believe in God for your children to come back to the Lord. I'm telling you right now, this is your year. This is your year. You know, it's a, a funny story happened to my wife and I. So this was, I think it was in December. I have it in my, in my, in my notes, my journal. Um, it was, I don't really journal. Like I don't, you know, I'm not the, the, the journal of law. You know what I mean? How people are like, hey, man, I got a journal every day. No, I, I just, when the Lord speaks to me, 
I'll just write it down. And it, I may not do a, write something down for a week or two. But I have all my stuff categorized, what the Lord told me in 2020, what he told me in 2021, what he told me in 2022. If you're trying to hear the voice of the Lord, I'm telling you, that's a great exercise. Because you'll learn when it's in, when it's not. So anyway, I, I, it was in early December or so. Um, I, I was driving through like, Garn well, I, I notably noted it in my head that this doesn't make any sense to my mind. When I'd be in prayer, I'd smell like, like a wheat field that's, that's had just a light rain on it. You know what I'm, like, you know, we, we, we spent the before, 2019, we moved back here to Colorado. Before that, we spent 20 years in Pennsylvania. And you know, if you drive around Pennsylvania, especially central Pennsylvania, you'd drive around the Pennsylvania countryside, and you know, you'd go into these, into the valleys, you'd, you'd go through these wooded mountains with oaks and, and, and maples, and ash trees, just beautiful, heavily wooded areas. And then you drop into these valleys where the fertile soil, you know what I mean? And you could, they'd grow, oh man, farm after farm after farm, out there where the Amish live, right? And so, you know, you'd be driving there like when the wheat got towards the end of September or, or you know, about that time, October, when the wheat was, was ripe and ready for harvest. And there's, we'd still get those rogue showers and thunderstorms, you know? You'd have a pretty day, and suddenly this rogue shower would come in. Just rain for 10 or 15 minutes, right? 70 degrees. And you'd have your windows down, and you'd drive by a wheat field, and it's just like it has that. You know what I'm talking about, right? That, oh, man, that just smells so, so good. Right? You just, oh, man, the harvest. You can just smell the harvest. And then you drive by a dairy farm, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Roll the window back up. <laughs> no, actually, I don't mind that smell either. So, um, so anyway, you drive, you, you, you know, you, you smell, you know that we, I was smelling that smell in December here in Colorado Springs. This is a city. You don't, you know, you don't, there's not wheat fields, right? This is the city. And I'm smelling this smell. And I, it was about four or five days that I was smelling this smell. I'd smell it. Anytime I got focused on the Lord, I'd smell this smell. Like I'd be in my prayer time, just, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'd smell that smell. I'm just like, man, this is weird. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody, just keeping it to myself. Not, and, I'm, and Lord, I believe the Lord's starting to talk to me, right? You know, he's starting to say, you're smelling the harvest. The harvest is coming, and you're, I'm, I'm letting you smell the harvest. Did you know you can smell spiritually? You could smell things coming. You know, don't you know things in the spirit? Some things that are coming, and we as believers, we need to we need to know what's coming, so that we can prepare. I believe the Lord was letting me smell the harvest so that we can prepare. But now wait, now wait, wait. I got to tell you the rest of the story. So, so you know, we're my wife and I. We we have dinner, uh, we, you know, typically. Not, not all the time, probably 50 or 60% of the nights. We have, we've been married 35 years, still have dinner to candlelight. Yeah, after 35 years of marriage. So, she, you know, she got candles lit. And this was just, you know, part of December, that part of December. And I said, you know, we're talking and enjoying our, just enjoying fellowship and having dinner. And I said, honey, 
something weird has been happening. She said, what? I said, I've been smelling like a wheat field, like a, just, a, a, just a dampened wheat field. And she goes, she looks at me funny. She said, really? I said, yeah. She says, I have two. I've been like nasal flushing my nasals out thinking I got something, I got something stuck in my, in my nostrils. No joke, true story. I says, honey, that's, there's not something stuck in your nostrils. That's the harvest. That's the Lord telling us that the time of the harvest is now. The time of the harvest is now. And, and you know, we can smell things. We can see things that our natural eyes, our natural smell, our natural minds don't comprehend. But we know something's about to happen in the spirit. Something tells you, you know what? I need to be prepared. I, 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 I want to I I move in this. I'm telling you, right now, it is time for the tangible presence of God to be manifest in our lives. Like I opened, like I said earlier, some of you have been waiting on the harvest for weeks and months, years and decades. I really believe this is your year. I'm around pastors all the time. I'm around people who really know the Lord all the time. And everybody is saying, if you listen to the prophets, the the bigger prophets that are on the podcast and that kind of stuff, they're all saying the same thing. Whether you believe in them or not, whether you believe they're speaking for the Lord or not, it it don't matter. I do. They're, They're all saying the same thing. I sense it in my heart. Well, we need to prepare ourselves, and this is not a time to draw back. This is not a time to hide. This is not, I know, listen, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty demonic out there. Would you agree? I mean, it's, it's, it's ugly. I mean, the the drag shows that they're doing in libraries and having four and five-year-old kids put, put dollar bills in the G-string of a, of a drag queen? Yeah, I know. It makes me go, ugh, too. It's just, it's the, the demonic right now is manifesting in such a way, boldly, un- unashamedly manifesting itself in such a way. And you know what? We, as believers... We're pulling back. This is the time that we need to move forward. This is the time. Because I believe, listen, I believe that it's God that's doing the shaking. I believe that it's God. Let me, I'll, I'll, let me read a scripture to you. You know, it's funny. I had a whole, totally different, I had a totally different message planned up until last night about 2 o'clock. And I woke up and Lord said, that, that's not what I want you to preach. You, you'll get a chance on that one. But right now, here's what I need you to, to bring to River Rock. And so there's a few pieces of it that I had already planned. But the rest of it, I'm just, I'm shooting off the hip, to be honest with you. So but let me read this to you in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. People will faint as they fear for what will happen to the world. Sound like today? I mean, the incidence of heart attack and suicide 
is higher than it's ever been. And that's because people are fearing and they're fainting because of fear. So I'm reading this out of the God's Word translation, God's Word translation. People will faint because fearful for what will happen on the world. Indeed, the powers of the universe will be shaken. Then people will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things, when the shaking, when the shaking, when these things begin to happen, stand with confidence. The time when you will be set free is near. Stand with confidence. Some of the, some translations say, the time of your deliverance has arrived. Listen, this is our time. This is our time to act in the power of God. This is, this is not our time to be silent. If these, demonic, if these demonic principalities and powers are being shaken, that means they're being agitated. And as they get agitated, they begin to, to cry out. And so, listen, if, you're, if those things are going to be bold and what they got is a lie, what, how bold should we be when what we have is the truth? You know, Pastor, Pastor Greg last week, Pastor Greg Moore, he preached a great message here. And he talked, about, he talked about who we are in Christ and about the power of God that is inside of us and that we are light in a dark world. And I'm telling you right now, light expels darkness. Now, think about it just for a minute. If you were out there at the road, which is probably two or three, two or 300 yards away, right? 300 yards away, and it was pitch black and it was unobstructed view pitch black if i took a candle or i lit a match up on this platform would you be able to see it 300 yards away absolutely you would absolutely because that's what we're talking about we're talking about you guys shining bright in a dark world and speaking out against this darkness you don't have to be mean you don't have to name, but if, listen, if they're going to put drag queens in a library and bring three and four-year-olds in to, to indoctrinate them in this demonic ideology, then what about us? We've got the truth. We've got the power of God inside of us. Pastor Greg preached how we are light in a dark world. He preached about, you know, one of the first things that we need to understand is what Jesus did on the cross. He did it. All. It's not up to you anymore. You don't have to perform to work miracles. You don't have to perform to see God move on your behalf. You know, I used this scripture in the earlier service. You know, in, in, um, in Acts chapter 3, when, when, when Peter and John came to the temple... The, to the gate beautiful and there was a man there who was lame from his mother's womb and y'all remember the story he said so peter reaches down and says silver and gold have i none but what i do have i give to you this is a lesson for us what i do have i give to you he reached down and grabbed the lame man by the hand and pulled him up and he was he walked right Amen. and he leaped and was i mean how happy would you be right 
you for the first time ever in your life, you walked. So they go into the temple, and he's hanging on, on Peter and John, and Peter begins to speak up, and he says, he says, why do you look at me as if by some, by our own power or godliness, we made this man whole? They, Peter said right there, it's not by my power. It's not by my godliness. I'm telling you, it's not your power. It's not your godliness. But it's the power of God working through you. And you know what? You'll have that power work through you as much as you'll submit to it. And as much as you will renew your mind to know and to say to yourself, you know, it's not me. And, and, and you know what? Listen, we might as well just join the club, all of us here, who've missed it and who've made mistakes. You know, a lot of times we look at our leaders and look at people who are, who are walk, you know, operating in faith and operating in the power of God, and we think that somehow, you know, they, they just they don't do anything wrong. They never miss God. They never, they never sin. It's just, no, it's not true. You're deceived. I mean, we definitely, we should, I'm telling you right now, you need to walk as holy as you can. You need to follow after the Word of God and walk as holy as you can because you don't want these demonic powers and principalities accusing your head and condemning you so that you pull back. Because that's what happened. That doesn't change God's opinion of you. He still loves you. He still wants to move through you with power and authority. But when you sin, what you do is you condemn your own. You give the, you get an, the enemy an opportunity to accuse you. So, this is our time, guys. This is our time. And everybody, everybody has to do their part. You know, there's people that you will be able to be in contact with, to minister to, that I'll never talk to. That Pastor Greg Moore will never talk to. That Pastor Rick McFarlane will never talk to. That Andrew Womack will never talk to. Never get a chance to touch them. But you can. If you have confidence in who you are in Him, man, you can bring power and authority into a situation. And right now, God wants us to believe Him big and to not, to not draw back. You know, our job is to bring the third heaven from there to the earth. That's our job. To walk around, you know, Jesus in, in, the, in 1 John 4 17, the Bible says, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, right now, in heaven. Not as he was. You know, it didn't say as he was. E even if it said as he was, man, that'd be good. Would that not be? If, if, you, if you walked like Jesus walked when he, was, when he had blood in his, in his body, right? you walk like that, I don't want to say when he was on this earth, because he's still got a ministry on this earth. He just doesn't have any blood in his body. He's, and he still has flesh. Did you know right now, if you could reach out to Jesus right now, if he showed up right here, you could tangibly touch him. He still has a body. It's not a spiritual body. It's a resurrected body. 
He still has a body and he still has bones, but he don't have any blood. But see, it says as he is. That means right now, not as he was. As he is, so are we in this world. Man, we got so much. We have so much power that's waiting to be released. And I believe this is our year of harvest. Here's the thing, though. You know, too many times, and I'm guilty of this because I'm just a busy person. Too many times, we want to we try to make things happen in the natural. We want to we wanna, we wanna push in, press in, do something. Try, you know, when, you're, when your manifestation, when your breakthrough is not coming... We begin to analyze why, are, you know, what am I doing? Is my confession good, right? Am, am, am I sowing, if you're looking for a financial breakthrough, have I sown enough seed? You know, have I, have I you know, it, it, what we do is when you get into this battle, when you're being assaulted from every side, you begin to try to do something in the natural to get a manifestation. And, and I, 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 I will say there's, there are things that we need to do sometimes in order to provoke a manifestation. I'm not saying that's wrong. But when you turn it into works and not a word from the Lord, you're on shaky ground. You're trusting in yourself. Again, the Bible says this. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12 in the NIV, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, the power, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yo, we have to be spiritually sensitive enough that we recognize when the enemy is at work. And that we use the spiritual weapons that we have to fight this fight. And you know how I said our job as a believer is to bring the third heaven down onto the earth. You know, there's a dark world out there. And people are hopeless. And people are broken. And people don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. They look at this world, and if you look at this world, if you look at, if you're watching ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Communist News Network, if you're looking at CNBC, and it, you know, I'm telling you, it will make, it'll make you afraid. You're going, and, you know, especially people, you know, my age and up, like, I'm seeing things in my life, and I'm not really that old. Like, I never thought I'd ever see. Who would ever think in a public library we'd have a drag show with little kids, let alone with adults, but with little kids? I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling. And so, if we're, you know, people who don't have Jesus... They need you. 
They need you. They need your love. They need your power and your authority. They need you to pray for them. They need you to bring a kind word to them. They need you to bring hope to them. Because there's no hope in this world right now. I'm telling you right now. There's, outside of Jesus, there's no hope in this world. But as, as, this, as this wave of harvest begins to, to touch the body of Christ and begins to, begins to move on those who will get, you know, God will rain on anybody who will get out in it. Anybody who will stand in faith and be bold and believe God, God's going to answer your prayer. I'm telling you, this is our time. This is our time that God, I believe, you know, the Bible talks about the, the, the reaper will overtake the sower. I believe we, we're in that time. We have just now started in to that time where, you know what, you're going to see answers to prayer so quickly, you're going to be like, I'll be honest with you, I had one of my hamstrings, I had injured it in a, in a uh, skiing accident. And I think I ripped it. I never went to the doctor. I just believed God, you know, and spoke to it. That thing was, has been bothering me for two years now. I mean, just bothering me. And in the last month, month and a half, I'm pain-free. I got, my, and I've been speaking, I've been speaking that thing for years. I've been speaking to it for years. And it just hasn't moved. It not, in fact, it got worse. And so, just, I mean, it was supernatural. Just in the last month and a half or so, that hamstring is completely healed. I don't have any pain from it at all. And I had pain from it every day, pretty much. I'm, this is what I'm talking about. It's our time, y'all. It's our time to harvest. It's our time to believe God for big things. Don't believe God's small anymore. Don't believe God's for something small that you can do in your own power. And then you question whether it was God or not. Believe God big. That You know what? The only way this can work is if God comes through. Yeah. It's our time because you know what? Listen, I'm, we're going to go through the scriptures. I got a few more minutes here. We're going to go through the scriptures here. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16. John chapter 14, 15, and 16 are my three favorite chapters in the Bible. I love John chapter 14, 15, and 16 for a couple of different reasons. This is when Jesus is talking about the Holy Ghost. And, and he goes, it's the, the most information in one, in one section of the Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and how he's your friend. It talks about the Holy Spirit, and this is so important for y'all to hear, how the Holy Spirit is your friend and he's a person. He's not an it. He's not a dove. He's an actual person, okay? He, he's an actual person who wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to spend time. He wants to talk to you. Do you know God in the presence of the, in, in the, in the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you? He wants to tell you of things to come. He wants to remind you of all things that Jesus has said to you. I mean, that's just amazing. And in John 14, 15, and 16, I just, I probably read it maybe once a month just because I love it so much. But in there, I want to go these scriptures to in there. One of the scriptures is this. In John chapter 16, verse 26 and 27, 
This is in the NIV. It says, in that day, this is Jesus speaking. It says, in that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father loves you. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. How many in here love Jesus? Yeah. Oh, everybody's hand. Everybody's hand. Look at that. How many believe that he came from God? All, the, all those hands still coming up. Yep. You can't. You know what? The Father loves you because you believe that Jesus came from God and because you love Jesus. And so he, God, is wanting you to ask him big. He is wanting you to do these things. Jesus said, these things and even greater shall you do because I go to my Father. We can do the greater works. The only thing that's holding us back from that is us. Because God's ready. God's ready to do these greater works through you. You know, here's the thing. Here's the whole, here's the, here's the, the remarkable thing. Well, I don't know if you call it remarkable, but God don't got anybody else. He's got you. As simple as you are. That's as simple as I am. Man, I'm not accusing you. I'm talking about myself. Hey, he, he don't have anybody else. John G. Link is up in heaven right now. Kenneth E. Hagan, he's up in heaven right now. Smith Wigglesworth, he's up in heaven right now. He don't got anybody else. He's got you. And it's, you know what it is? It's your time. It's your time. Yeah, it's your time. It's your time to operate in signs and wonders and miracles. It's your time to operate in, in receiving the harvest so you can give out more. This is your time. Don't miss, hey, y'all, don't miss your time. I mean, don't you want to be on the leading edge don't you want to be on the leading edge of what God is doing rather than on the back edge? I want to be on the leading edge. When he's, when he's doing something in the earth, and we, I told you earlier, everybody's sensing it. Everybody, everybody senses that God is fixing to show up, man. God is fixing to manifest himself in some powerful ways. Well, I want to be the one that he's manifesting through. Don't you? I mean, we, it's, well, let me keep going here. Let me, let me go. It says in those three chapters, it says seven times, it says seven times, ask something similar to this. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be complete. Let me read them to you just for, for my note takers. So that, that first one was John 16, 26 and 27. Now six more times, Jesus said, John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7 and 8, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How many of y'all think Jesus was a liar? I didn't get a single hand on that one. I didn't think I would. Jesus is not a liar. And if he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what? Who desires? You desire. 
You will ask what you desire. And it will be done for you. You know, I was, I was, I, I've told this story before. I'll just, I'll just tell it again in these last few minutes that we have here. I was at a beach in, I was on a missions trip back, oh, a while back. I was on a missions trip. I was, I was working with a local church. We were taking a team of missionaries to Jamaica. And when I, we took this team of missionaries to Jamaica, there's about 15, 18 of them. And uh, we had two or three hours where we could have some R&R time, you know, that we didn't have, we didn't have any ministry at the church to do. You know, we weren't out in the streets. We were just, we had this three-hour window or so. So <clears throat> we went to one of the local beaches and just had some time at one of the local beaches. And so, and now, you know, when we went to Jamaica, we went into Kingston. We didn't go into like the ports of call, you know, where the cruise ships land. We're in the, I mean, there were, this is rough where we went. And so we were at this beach and there was a piece of driftwood half submerged in the sand, you know, up on the beach a little ways. And there was like three missionaries, three of the people on our team that were sitting there on that. And here comes, sitting on that log. And so here comes this guy. I noticed him coming out of the side over here. I was standing up in the shade underneath the trees. And I, I saw this guy coming in and he, he had these dark aviator glasses on. He had a leather vest on. He was obviously a motorcycle rider, you know, with the thing on the back, right? And, uh, he, and he had high, high leather boots right up to the knee that he had laced, laced up in the front. And so he walks up and those three missionaries, he kind of stands there for a little bit, talks to him, and then he crouches down next to him and starts talking to him. And I'm thinking, Okay, so I'm just going to tell him myself, if I can. Um, I'm thinking to myself, this dude is a panhandler. And I don't, I don't want him messing with the, with the missionaries. And so I said in my heart, in my mind, I said, you know what? I'm going to go put the hard press on this guy. You know, I'll know what I mean by the hard press, right? I, I was going to witness to him. And witness hard to him, right? So one of two things are going to happen. He's either going to get offended by the gospel, and I win. Or he's going to get born again, and I win. I'm just telling you how undeveloped I was. You know, I didn't have this deep compassion pouring out of my heart for this guy. I just figured I'm going to get him. I'm getting rid of him one way or the other. He's either going to get born again and join us, or he's going to get offended and leave us. Right? Okay. That was my mind. I'm just telling you. So I got up. I got up. To the, I got in there and I got those three missionaries there and I, I kind of scooted my tail end down, you know, on the log there so I could get in between him and the one missionary. And the one guy who I kind of pushed off the log, he got up and came around the back. And so I began to put the hard press on him. And in the, in the process of putting the hard press on him, he, he, now he, he spoke with a really thick Jamaican accent. And he spoke fast. I don't know if you guys have ever known Jamaicans. Man, they speak fast. He spoke fast in that thick accent. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of was trying. I was listening really intently, you know, as we were talking. And in the process of talking, he lifts up his glasses. And one of his eyes was white with blindness. I mean, oozing stuff, dripping stuff out of it. I didn't even... I didn't even flinch. I don't know how I, I didn't flinch, but I didn't even flinch. I just said, okay, well, what had happened is he got a, he was a welder and he got a welding spark into his eye and seared his eye. And so, you know, we're just, 
he puts his glass back down. We're talking. We talk a little bit longer. I'm putting a hard press on. And I, I, said, I said, buddy, I said, you believe in God? He said, oh, you know, I believe. Oh, yeah, I believe. You know, everybody says I believe in God, right? No matter what you, you know. I says, well, do you mind if I pray for you? He says, sure, you can pray for me. So I reached my hand up on him, just on his shoulder right here, and begin to pray for him. And as I'm praying for him, I hear the Spirit of the Lord. Now, this is the kind of stuff we're going to get happening this year. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say inside of me, if you spit on the ground and make a mud and rub it in his eye, I'll heal his eye. Well, you know, when you get something like that, you're going to be out on a limb. You all know what I'm talking about. So, you know, in my mind, now in my mind, and I, I honestly think at that time I was operating in a gift of faith because I, I didn't even flinch at that either. But in my mind, I threw the Rolodex of scriptures over in my mind, right? I'm like, okay, I've seen that in scripture a couple of times. Jesus did that. He said that these things even greater shall you do because I go to my father. <laughs> I spit on the ground. I made a mud in between my legs. I got up, I spun around, lifted that guy's glasses up. Now, you, this dude was, he was 6'2", <laughs> built like a chiseled, you know, rock. I could have died. <laughs> I really could have died. Now, think about it. You spit on the ground, and you put it in somebody's face, and he's 6'2", on the motorcycle guy. Yeah, I could have died. So I, I spun around, lifted his glasses up, rubbed it in his eye, put his glasses back down. I said, if you go wash in the ocean, you'll come out seeing with that eye. He popped up. I'm telling you, it was supernatural. It was like in my mind, in the back of my mind, I never thought it wouldn't work. I never, it was the gift of faith. There's not even a question about it. You know, we've got the gifts of the Spirit at our disposal. And the Bible says for you to desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. If God tells you to desire spiritual gifts, then you need to be desiring spiritual gifts. And you know, part of those spiritual gifts are healing, miracles, Tongues, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We need to believe, believing. We need to be not just believing, but expecting yes. for these things to manifest yes. in our lives. Because Jesus, or, or the, well, the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul, desire, pursue love. We need to pursue love, absolutely. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly that, that word translated as earnestly seek, earnestly want, like over above anything else. So the Lord is telling us above anything else, you need to desire spiritual gifts. So let me finish the story. So the dude goes out. He walks out into the ocean. He, now he's got these nice boots on. He walks up, almost swamps his boots, walks up into the ocean, reaches up, reaches down, grabs that ocean water, puts it on his eye. Gets, gets the sand off of it and the mud off of his eye, puts his glasses back down, turns around, walks back down, and sits right next to me. And I said, well, he said, he went like this. He did that about six times. 
Then he turned to me, did it again for a half a dozen times, turned back. He was dumb. He was gobsmacked, we'd like to say, right? He turned and looked at me. He said, real serious and angry, what did you do to me? Dude, you're seeing out of your eye, and the only thing you're going to say to me is, what did you do to me? So I says, what do you mean, what did I do to you? He says, I haven't been able to see that eye for 15 years. I could see that boat out there. I could see that other boat over there. I could see that. I said, well, cover your good eye, and let's check it. So he covers his good eye. He says, I could see. I could, I could. What did you do to me, man? I said, dude, I didn't do anything to you. I says, Jesus just healed you. And if he can heal, yeah, amen, amen. Give it up for Jesus. He said, I said, if he can heal, if he can heal your eye, do you know he can heal your heart? And you can commit your life to him today and be destined for heaven. I said, do you want, would you like to pray right now and take Jesus into your heart? He just healed your eye. He said, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. So we prayed. He got born again, healed and born again. And, and he, you know, it's funny. He, so he he, he says, come on, man, we need to go pray for all my friends. So he's the best evangelist right after that, man. He grabbed me. I had to pray. We had to go down to all these little shacks where they sold fish and stuff, and we prayed the rest of the afternoon with that guy. But so listen, these, these things are not a thing of the past. This is where we're going. This is what you have been called to. This is what God will do through you. Because I believe right now, God is, is, is bringing up a faceless and a nameless army. It's not going to be the Smith Wigglesworths and the John G. Lakes and the Andrew Womacks and the John Essies and the Greg Moores. It's not all up to the leaders anymore. It's time for you guys. It's time for us. It's time to stand up and allow God to move through us. Did I finish those scriptures? I don't know if I finished those scriptures because that's important. Um, what did I, I got? To, oh, I, okay. So here's, here's another one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another one. John 15, 16. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. John 16, 23. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. John 16, 24, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Y'all listen, when I prayed for that guy and he got his sight back in that eye, I was so joyful on the inside. My joy was full. I think I had as much joy about that as that guy did, getting his eyesight back. If you believe, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. My desire was for him to get his sight again, and it will be done for you. See, when you, when you press into God, when you believe God, when you expect God, he changes your desires to match his desires. So ask him big. He's not withholding from you. Ask him big. Expect big. This is the year of harvest, man. You don't want to miss the year of harvest. You want to wade out into those fields and get all that you can. 
Not only a harvest of souls, praise the Lord, that's going to happen. It's the, it's the year of the harvest of souls, but it's the year of the harvest of finances. It's the, years of, the year of harvest of healing in your body. It's the year of harvest of healing in other people's body. It's the year of harvest for you to operate in signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus said, these things and even greater shall you do because I go to my Father. Jesus commissioned the early apostles and he's commissioning us Go out and preach the gospel, and these signs shall follow those that believe. This is the last chapter, last verse of the last chapter of Mark. And it says, and the Lord worked with them, Amen. confirming the word with the accompanying signs. Amen. Desire spiritual gifts. Amen. It's our time. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Somebody in here with a problem with their right knee. You're having a problem with your right knee. And it feels maybe kind of stiff. If, that's, if somebody's having a problem with your right knee, Go ahead and raise your hand, your right knee. Okay, I got one, two, several. One, two, I got three over here. Okay. <clears throat> so Lord, the Lord has sent his word and has healed you. And this is a time for that harvest. If, if somebody raised their hand and you happen to notice it near you, if you could just put your, put, if you could put your hand on their knee, that would be good. But if not, just put it on their shoulder. We're going to pray right now. We're going to expect God. We're going to see manifestation of his power in your knee. In the name of Jesus, Father, we come to you and ask for your healing power to be manifest in these knees. I rebuke stiffness and pain right now in the name of Jesus from these knees. I command the healing power of God to flow and to bring restoration to those knees in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your power that is at work right now, bringing complete and total restoration to anything that was damaged in those knees. Your, powers, your power right now is at work, bringing healing to those in Jesus' name. Somebody, somebody's got a, an issue with their neck. You, you just got, it's been stiff. I don't know if it's a sleeping thing. All right, I got a couple over here. Got three, four. Several of you with issues in your neck. All right, so let's just believe God together. Everybody, if you, if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues, just quietly to yourself, please. Just, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, I just speak over these necks that are hurting right now. I command the stiffness to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I declare health over these necks right now. I command the vertebrae to be aligned in their proper alignment. Right now, in Jesus' name, I speak to the, the muscular structure around the vertebrae. I command it to loosen, to be healed. Any tears or, or strains of the ligaments, I command those to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Again, if there's anybody with a hand up with a neck issue, if there's people around them, if you could lay hands on them, just lay a hand on them. Let's, let's believe together, Father. Your word declares that if we lay hands on the sick, that they will recover. 
Lord, I thank you right now that your healing power is flowing into those right now through the hands of the believers that are around them. Right now, your healing power is flowing to heal those necks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody with some stomach issues that they've been having just just recently. Even this morning, you woke up and your stomach was not feeling well. You kind of struggled to get here into church. If that's you, people around, if you've got a stomach right now, stomach issues, I see one in the back here. If anybody's around him, if you could lay hands on anybody with stomach issues, just like upset stomach, you've even, in fact, there's... I think at least one of you have gotten into fear thinking you've got stomach cancer. You've allowed the enemy to deceive you. It is not, I'm telling you right now, it's not stomach cancer. And if, even if it were, the power of God is able to heal right now. So anybody with these stomach issues, just, just people around them, please lay hands on them. We're going to expect the power of God to flow. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for healing in the stomach, Lord. That Lord... You are at work through the believers that are around them, laying hands on them. Again, as we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Lord, just thank you for healing in the stomachs of these people right there. And I rebuke the spirit of fear in Jesus' name who's coming against these people, particularly one in particular, coming against them, putting fear into their heart. That they, that, that they have cancer of the stomach. Cancer has no authority or any, any ability in this body in Jesus' name, and I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and that spirit of fear you must leave right now in Jesus' name. I speak peace to those stomachs right now. I speak peace. I speak peace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like the Lord is saying to us today that when we choose to follow him and we choose to step out in faith and be led by the Holy Spirit, that we might feel some fear and some feeling like we're going to be looked on as abnormal or freaks. And um, he is saying to go past that fear, to do what he says to do, to not be afraid, and he will be there with us, and he will work. It's about an account that the Lord wants to be closed in somebody's life, and I believe that this is actually a a real account. I don't know what it's attached to, but um, this is going to transition you, and it's going to bring in the floodwaters um, in your life. And I have to tell you, I, I felt the fear um, attached to this word. Like, you're, it's, it's very nerve-wracking for you. But when this happens, um, when those thoughts from the enemy come, to think on uh, Philippians 4, 8, that whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, um, of a good report, and if there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. As John was speaking, uh, God kind of gave me this word here. It's uh, 1 Peter 3, 9. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. The power structures of this world are full of evil, and God has been giving time for those who think that they are in control to repent. But today, God is dispossessing the wicked, and he is going to give these political, these powerful structures, whether they're family, media, financial, political, into our hands as ministers to execute justice and bring the world to the knowledge of his goodness. Some of you, like me, have been waiting for years and decades on a promise, as John said. Raise your expectations. This is the year. Things have shifted in the heavenlies, and this is our time.